Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo. How's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty good. I'm uh, I'm riding on a high from a uh, little uh, launch of a landing page yesterday. Yes, you hit your, your deadline. I did. <laughs> you, be- you beat your deadline, actually. Yeah, what did I say? Even like by the time the next episode drops or something, I would... Uh, you said that you would commit to having a date where you would launch by this oh, episode. Oh, I guess, I guess I did. Well, yeah. <laughs> I overachieved. <laughs> you did. I was pleased to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. What did you launch or what did you put out there? That's right. Um, so I launched the landing page for the new product I'm building. The name is out of the bag now. It's called Mighty Cal and it is a scheduling tool kind of along the likes of Calendly and, and those types of kind of automated automated tools for coordinating finding times, but with some fresh takes on how to smooth out that process. Yeah, so I shipped the landing page yesterday, and all I did was tweet about it. <laughs> I just knew that I had an, I have enough audience support that they would that this would get spread around, very likely get spread around pretty decently. And so um, that's all it took was a was a tweet, and then kind of let it let it percolate through the Twitter sphere. Very cool. Yeah. How do you feel? I am feeling good. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say what what good numbers are, but I kind of had something in my head of. If I could get around here, I'd feel good about it and kind of exceeded my my uh, expectations. So happy to share some numbers about that, too. Yeah, I'd like to hear numbers. Also curious, like when you say uh, fresh takes, what's what's in, on the in the plan or in your head? The first step is smoothing out the scheduling experience itself. So I've had I've had a fair amount of conversations with with Calendly users. And and one of the things that kind of annoys people is especially if you're doing a lot of booking of meetings is like someone sends you their link and then you kind of have to click through, you know, their calendar to see what days are available in Calendly. And then you're presented with a list of times and then you're toggling back and forth between your calendar and theirs. It's just kind of a adds a few extra steps and it's especially bad on mobile. Calendly does now have a thing like if you if you're logged in and so they have access to your calendar, they'll like They'll show you like which times you're not available when you're looking at someone else's booking link. There's a little bit there to help with that, but really it's it's pretty rudimentary. You know, something I've heard time and time again is that like I want to be able to see the intersection between availability for that person and what what's on my calendar. And I don't want to have to click around between two. So the first innovation is is a booking experience that feels like you're using an actual calendar. So you go to a booking page, you see grayed out times that are not available and then highlighted times that are, and then you can overlay your calendar on top of their availability to see the intersection. So I can auth my like Google calendar access yep. or something to you. Yep. Yep. Like a, you can nice. do like a one-time auth or, or a, just like a free busy auth, kind of working out the details of how that's exactly going to work. And then of course, if you already have an account yourself, then, then it's, if you're logged in, I can just do it automatically for you. Step number one is like really trying to nail that that process down and make it really good and and also like I mean I want people who adopt Mighty Cal to feel like they are you know like they're they're presenting their uh, the people that they're sharing their link with with the best possible experience it kind of makes it reflects positively on the user and so I think you know really kind of relentlessly focusing on making that a good experience only serves to to kind of improve the the experience of like sharing booking links this is another this is a big problem it's more amorphous <laughs> it's the solution is less clear but like and i mentioned on the landing page there's kind of this weird 
power dynamics thing at play where like especially if you feel like the person is more important than you that you're trying to book time with you're always hesitant to like share a booking link because it feels like you're making them jump through hoops to satisfy you or be convenient to you this is one small step towards making that feel a little bit less like a like a chore but i think there's a lot you know there's a lot to explore around that I have some ideas and stuff but it's like I've heard from people like, man, if you can really solve this where I don't feel this weird hesitation or all this like weirdness around, you know, like, oh, maybe just in the name of being convenient to them, I'll just kind of hash this out over email and then we're back to the back and forth, you know? Yes, I've uh, definitely felt that. That's a, a squishy problem or it's like a weird like yeah, yep. brain problem. But that sounds interesting to me as well. Yeah, yeah. That's where I really got to put my product hat on and, <laughs> and try to try to problem solve, you know? So that'd be interesting to experiment there and like see if you can come up with a thing where people are like, oh, yeah, there we go. That I don't feel that that thing anymore. Yeah, right. If it's as, as smooth as like, hey, I know you're going to probably be looking at your calendar anyways. So like we need to find a time to meet here. I've opened up like this workspace, this collaborative workspace for both of us to like figure out a time, you know, as opposed to the kind of passive aggressive, like here's my Calendly link. You find a time that works for me instead. It's totally. like, yeah, I've kind of created this. I've created this event that doesn't have a time yet. And we can, you know, if we both have Mighty Cal, they can just talk to each other and suss out a time that works best for both of us. Um, mm-hmm. So Cool. Hmm. That sounds interesting. That idea of like, it's a workspace. It's a collaborative thing. That sounds like an interesting uh, framing. Yeah, I'm like imagining it's less like, here's my link to book a thing with me. It's more like, here's a unique link to a thing that we're working on together that corresponds to this event interesting hmm, sounds kind of cool yeah more like kind of emphasis on maybe one-off booking links that yeah is, is a is a like a special kind of curated experience just for for individual events you're trying to, to coordinate and making that as easy so like another kind of weird not to bag on calendly too much but there are <laughs> they are probably the the most commonly used alternative there's kind of like this this effect that that discourages people from creating too many different event types, I think, because your availability settings all kind of live in the domain model. You can tell they like it's attached to each event type that you create. And so if you have a bunch of them, like there's ways to like bulk edit your availability, but it's kind of clunky and like you can like duplicate things, but you're never sure like are these all on the same settings or do I need to like update my availability in multiple places? And so I'm kind of abstracting that away so now you have like these kind of availability blocks of settings so maybe you have like your normal working hours and maybe you have like a block of availability that you would want to share with a with a vip or with someone where you want to be really flexible so you can kind of create these ahead of time and then if you're creating a one-off booking link or a recurring one you can attach this availability setting to it so it's kind of centrally managed and makes it a lot easier to just like spinning up a new booking link or, or a special one-off one is, you know, just a f- couple form fields as opposed to like, all right, now I'm creating this big thing that has five steps of configuration. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Cool. So what's next then on this? I'm still, <laughs> it's funny, I was chatting with somebody who I was tr- setting up some meetings and stuff and uh, I'm, I'm like very, very close to, to deploying it for myself, like being able to actually use my own Mighty Cow link. And that's, I mean, that is the next step that has to happen. Like, I, I don't know if I can bring myself to share like my old Calendly link with anybody mm-hmm, to, totally. to set up meetings to talk about this. Yeah. So I'm very motivated to get to that place as soon as possible. 
Um, cool. So you're approaching dog food. Approaching dog food. Yep. There's some things that I have, like I have to get Google approval to OAuth people outside of my organization. Like, and I don't know, that's kind of at their need will, a like, Mike Tabor style security audit. Uh, I don't, as far as I know, okay. <laughs> right. I've, I've talked to Mike and did some of my own research and it appears that you only need that if you're accessing Google drive or Gmail data. So I think calendar is exempted, I think. <laughs> so I need to get approval. And I think that could take like, I don't know, one to two weeks or something like that. So kind of a kind of a fuzzy timeline on that. So the just I'll quickly walk through like the the kind of launch funnel that I set up. Promote to the landing page and I have an email sign up on the page. So people drop their email in, they receive a welcome email. And in the welcome email, I said, if you're interested in becoming an early adopter. I have a type form for you to fill out. And as a thank you, you know, you can get first dibs on the username of your choice if it's a good fit for you to, to become an early adopter. So and in that form, it's still pretty, pretty concise, but I wanted to learn a little bit more about like what calendar system are you using today? Because I'm going to launch initially with just Google Calendar support. And, you know, what integrations do you absolutely need? Like, do you need a Zoom integration? Are you okay without one? And so this will kind of help me identify people who you know, who I can let in as early as possible based on how my roadmap is evolving. So yeah, the next step after dog food is the the small group of people that I've been talking to already. It's like four or five people, let them in and then start working through this kind of early adopter list. Um, cool. That sounds, yeah. sounds good. Do you want to share some of those numbers you were talking about? So yes, I do want to share some of those numbers. So very, very top of the funnel visits to the website. We got Right around 4,000 uniques. Pretty decent off of just a tweet. Um, oh, I also had a thing, by the way, after filling in the opt-in form, then I popped up a thing that that kindly asked people to share a tweet and click a button. So that kind of created just a little little bit of virality in that sense. Yeah, I saw I saw a decent number of those going out. Yeah, that was, that was good to see. Okay, so um, 4,000 uniques led to, as of right now getting the freshest numbers 650 email signups and 212 early adopter form submissions cool that seems like pretty pretty solid for a tweet yeah i feel like not too shabby for a tweet yes that's excellent yeah. you must have built a bit of an audience over time yeah it's almost like it's taken a couple of years or something yeah i love i like the tweet thing that works surprisingly well it's awesome that people are like willing to help spread the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things I didn't think would work, but has worked well for us. Yeah. It's basically like, hey, if you don't mind, word of mouth is a powerful thing and you can really help me out by <laughs> by sharing this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Someone was asking me about like our like marketing channels and I was like, it's a lot of Twitter. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hear about it that way or yeah, it's, it's big for us. Yeah. Most other people targeting other niches probably can't seem to see the same effect with Twitter, but I think there's something particularly like unique about our kind of tech sphere is it's very, very heavily there, you know. Do you have a sense of customer profile for for Mighty Cal yet? Um I wish I could say like I had a, an extremely well defined niche. I mean, it's kinda like you know, I've talked to a lot of other entrepreneurs, a lot of people who you know, this is not a developer tool, probably like, <laughs> you know, other founders is kind of the people that I'm attracting right now. And I kind of hope to have more clarity around like, what's the what's the good way to, to bucket and segment that and, and be like more deliberate about about niche targeting. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if it resonates particularly with a certain group. 
Yeah, yeah. I did also get, this is something that's, that I've kind of tossed around too, like a couple of folks who, who run podcasts have hit me up specifically and said like, yeah, I have a lot of pain around scheduling with, with podcast guests and stuff. So that's one that I've already kind of had down a list. Like, I don't know, this could be the scheduling tool for podcasters. We'll see. I know it remains to be seen if that's a big enough, big enough segment. You and I have batted around that idea offline a little bit. And I'm just, con- I continue to be surprised how big the podcasting market is. You know, obviously, Craig at Castos, Justin at Transistor, like these guys building pretty good businesses on top of, you know, people doing podcasting. So there's there's money flowing through that space. There is. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of am- a lot of amateurs, right, that aren't going to make any money. So maybe they are more price conscious, but they're also not amateurs. So I don't know. Like we pay hundreds of dollars a month for our podcast to be a thing. Yeah, this is true. This is true. And we're thoroughly amateur. <laughs> so amateur. So amateur. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even have a pre-roll music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the amateurs of product. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, uh, congrats on uh, not just uh, hitting the deadline, but uh, exceeding it. Thank you. Yeah. It's nice to be able to talk about what you're working on. Yeah, that's what I, it's, uh, what I told you yesterday also. Like, it feels liberating to now, like, now that this is out there, I can talk more freely. I can share about new features I'm working on just to kind of keep myself motivated and publicly accountable and all that good stuff so speaking of which do you want to have like another deadline (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's good let's i'll set a dog food deadline uh of of me using my own link by next week next week okay sounds like it's close then it's pretty close for that yep because i can because i have access to the source code i can put some nasty hacks in there to make it work for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) sure hell or high water i'll be using it by next week (laughs) if user id equals one yes exactly (laughs) yep nice yeah spencer has uh tuple user id one i believe (laughs) very jealous the the coveted number one extremely coveted (laughs) cool so should i do some stuff yeah what's been going on in the tupa land so we're uh, getting an office yeah okay it's official it's happening yeah i uh, got the keys uh, yesterday or the day before i hired some movers they're gonna move us on monday tuple phase two and uh, is beginning I, it's not the forever office you know it's not it's it's like this will hold three of us maybe four probably not five so it's kind of like let's get out of joel's hair he and his wife have been very accommodating let's give them their condo back and have like a a place where we all go that's not our house to work because i think that's healthy it'd just be nice to have a dedicated space for that gonna have my mom help decorate it because she's like a basically interior designer it's gonna help us do that it's also crazy like we like set a budget for like furnishing the office i was like wow i've never this makes me feel more like a big company or like a real business than anything like a budget to furnish an (laughs) office it's like wow that's like it's like a i don't know did you ever think you'd be saying those words (laughs) yeah not not that much yeah yeah that's 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 pretty cool yeah so that's exciting uh we also we did a retreat this week which it it had been a while since we had done one and uh, man i'm really glad we did It, it was it was super great we rented a house that was not too far from boston actually but it was kind of out in the woods anyway it was like pretty fa- somewhat rural it felt really good it had a big deck and like a ton of like woods space in the back and like a lot of like a there was like a swing and like a bunch of adirondack chairs and we spent a lot of time outside and the weather was beautiful and it was just awesome to like spend a bunch of time talking about the i wrote up a bunch of um an agenda of like 
some like a lot of big picture questions, some check-ins, um, like strategy stuff. So we can't like we spent a lot of time just sort of talking about the future and the next like the next quarter and the next six months or so. Uh, and it was just good to like be just the the three of us again and 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 doing that thing. So good retreat that felt uh, kind of rejuvenating and exciting. But then also we had a feedback session. So after we came back, we did another session where we do this format where for each of the other two people, we write up um, a handful of bullets on like, I like that, like you've been doing these things and like, I wish that you would do these things. And we've done this once before. This is the second time. We write up all these things ahead of time, then we throw them in like a shared doc and then we go through it and discuss. And man, I think this is so valuable. There was like a surprise or two which to me is like, that's the gold. Like there are some things where it's like, oh, I think I could, like in my head, I'm like, I, I think I could be doing better about this thing. And then you get that feedback. It's like, yeah, no, I, I agree. That's that's very fair. And then there was, there was like one where it's like, I did not expect this. And it was just like really good to get that out in the open and like acknowledge it and like apologize and like rectify. I urge people to do this. I, I found it extremely valuable. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it takes a pretty high degree of trust and like maturity maybe is the right word to be able to do that. I actually, this is an interesting question because now that I'm in Minnesota, um, one of the things that's kind of deep in the culture here is kind of a, this, this conflict aversion and kind of passive aggression. Like that's the stereotypical, like Minnesota vibe East coast, I, I think has a has a stereotype of not being that way but do you feel like it's like among your team like is it yeah how open do you guys feel like you are is this something you had to build up like build up the muscle of being like uh you know yes i do think you have to kind of build it up a little bit actually i think it does require some trust it's hard to give somebody hard feedback and like one of the pieces of feedback for me the person that gave it said like i was hesitant like i wasn't sure if i should should do this but to me, that's the the best. That's the most important kind of thing to get out there where it's like, it's a little bit uh, hard to give this feedback or a little bit uh, uncomfortable. I think we've sort of created an environment where we're comfortable, at least, you know, somewhat comfortable giving that that kind of feedback to each other. But I do think that's the kind of thing you have to to nurture. I don't think that's like immediately a thing you just get. I think it's like built up by trusting each other and being honest with each other. And then also how you respond to that that feedback when it happens like someone taking a risk by giving you the honest feedback and then seeing how you respond, that's going to affect how, you know, their future behavior. Right. Right. I mean, the first time is probably the scariest because you're not really sure how, like, is this going to, is this going to make things really bad or is this going to be okay? And then you do it and then you build up the trust by proving that you don't suddenly like hate that person or something. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I think the tendency is to like, let things go or like, it's just like kind of not deal with things because they'll sort of naturally decline in upsetness over time. But they don't really get resolved. Like they just kind of, you know, the, the symptoms sort of disappears, but the underlying thing is there versus, and, and, and there's a, I, I totally understand the, te- the temptation to be like, well, I don't really want to raise this because, you know, this was a couple of weeks ago and like I was upset then, but I'm less upset now. And like, I'm not really feeling it in the heat of the moment. So do I want to like reopen this, this thing and litigate this now? Uh, but then, like, we can actually talk about it and come to an understanding and, and kind of resolve things. And, and I think it's just, I think it's great. It's really wonderful. It's kind of a labor on both sides, right? It's hard for the feedback giver. It's hard for the feedback receiver. Uh, it's, a, it's a challenge. 
I think this is one of the more important things that we're doing right now is, is being that open with each other. Yeah. Mm. That's really good. And did you get this, did you pick this up from great CEO within or I did? Yeah. Okay. That's the structure yeah. we use. Yeah. So, so the one other good thing in there, which is that we talked about the format for the feedback, but then also for each of the, I wish that items, we take a second to like summarize it and like restate it and make sure that we understand the, the feedback because it's easy to like read a few sentences and think the point is X and it's really kind of not quite X. We try to be diligent. I try to remember to remind people and do it myself of like restate it and then get the other person to say, yes, that is the feedback and then address it and then deal with it. Yeah. But yeah, that book is full of gold. There's, there's just so much good stuff in there. It's crazy. Feedback is a gift. It's one of the best things someone can give you. It's, it's huge. So if you can create a, an environment and a habit where that feedback can flow to you and between people, it's, it's huge. I think mm-hmm. it's really great. Yeah. I mean, I think that applies to teammates. It applies to customers, right? Like I think, and it's, it's so hard to like, it makes me mad how quickly my defenses get raised <laughs> by, by like getting even the smallest bit of like feedback. I mean, it didn't, and I feel like I did a pretty good job of managing like that kind of response. Like it was almost all positive stuff yesterday. Cause everyone's just excited or whatever, but occasionally, you know, the occasional person was just like, yeah, this, your landing page made no sense to me. And like, instead of just <laughs> saying, screw you, you know, I like tried to, tried to hear what they were saying. And like, you know, often it wasn't just that they had something specific that, that wasn't clear or that they were confused by or whatever. I think, uh, the more we are able to, to just hear that and let the, you know, let the defensiveness kind of, kind of roll off our backs a little bit and just, just try to get to the meat of it, the better off we are. Cause yeah, like you said, that's where often your best, uh, the gold comes from from that right mm-hmm. particularly in the blind spots like if there's feedback you get that you're sort of expecting it's you know kind of confirms a thing you know already but the, the stuff that's new is i feel like particularly valuable that's what i live for that's why i think that's one, that's one reason i really love coaches like coaching one-on-one coaching is like someone will point like do you realize that you're doing this all the time like no i didn't even <laughs> know i had that habit and they're like yeah this is, this is bad so it's it's great yeah so so yeah i recommend it and then uh, one other news item, which is we snagged the at tuple Twitter handle. Oh, nice. Yeah. How, how did you how did you do that? So at tuple was previously the Twitter handle of the Tucson Python language enthusiasts. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Which is great. So they had like capital T, lowercase u, capital P L E. And especially for Python, that's like this is the perfect perfect name right it's like because they use tuples a lot in their in their language i had to give it to him i was like that's a great name i get i get it i can't fault you for wanting this but people would occasionally at mention them when they meant us and this happened maybe a week ago someone said like oh like used at at tuple and liked it or something and the person with the at tuple account responded and said actually we're unaffiliated um this is the meetup and i was like oh sorry about that our apologies or something and he said something like, no, no worries. Like the meetup group actually isn't even really meeting anymore. We've rebranded as this instead. And I was like, that's interesting. And so I was like, is there any chance you might be willing to sell us this thing if it's not really uh, fit anymore? And he was like, yeah, DM me. And so I did. And we started talking back and forth. And uh, yeah, we we 
and I basically told him, I was like, look, we're, we're getting by with paratuple. It's, it's fine. It's, it's not horrible, but you know, it would be nice for us to have this. It'd be cool. Uh, let's see if we can come up with a price. And we did. And it wasn't, wasn't that much, but it was, you know, reasonable, I think. And, uh, they, this, uh, this person agreed and transferred us the name. Yeah. So then we had to do a little switcheroo where we didn't want, uh, to lose our existing followers. We didn't want the at tu- the current at tuple followers. That doesn't actually make sense. They were following for a different reason. So basically, had to do this thing where very quickly I changed the name of at tuple to something else, and then changed Paris tuple to tuple. And then, because I didn't want references to at Paris tuple to be stale, I changed the old at tuple to be at Paris tuple. So we basically just swapped the two of them. And then updated the app, you know, the pair with Tuple to say, go look, go, go follow at Tuple. So, yeah. So now we own both of those things. <laughs> nice. I think there was like a famous, uh, or I don't know how famous, I just remember this happening to, I think it was happened to Heat and Shaw, maybe back when he was at Kissmetrics or something. There was like a, some snafu in like swapping around Twitter handles that happened where it was like, I think there was just like a period of 24 hours where it was like, ah, oh, I lost the handle or the handle was like gone or something. Uh, Anyways, yeah. Yeah, I, I had this fear that like there was somebody waiting to pounce on at Tuple who yeah. was just like hammering the API <laughs> continuously, hoping to grab this like five letter uh, handle. <laughs> yeah. And so like if we as soon as I like made it free, they would grab it before me, but mm-hmm. it did not happen. We got yeah. it. Nice. Yeah. So at Tuple, if you want to say hi to us. Nice. It's well nice. now, so next next up, tuple.com. It's on the list. <laughs> We've reached that phase, you know, we're getting an office, we're getting the dot com maybe. Yeah. You know, it's like it's where you start, you know, making poor financial decisions. <laughs> no, JK, these are great ideas. Do the um, pull the old DHH and say, How much did you have to pay? And you just put two money bag two money bag emojis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, I don't think we're at three letter dot com status. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe five letter. We'll see. Maybe, maybe just one money bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think we have half a money bag to in yep. the budget for this one. Yeah after we decorate the office <laughs> after that furnishing budget is exhausted mm-hmm. yeah okay. uh yeah did you uh, get a hay account by the way i did yeah yeah you tried it i have poked around a little bit seems pretty interesting a fresh and take for sure have you played around mm-hmm. with it at all um I, I i've seen a demo of it i got a demo of it a few weeks ago and i thought so i'm pretty familiar with the how it works i, I agree there's some fresh ideas it seems interesting I'm a very happy superhuman user currently, so I'm not sure it's going to be enough to pull me away, but we'll see. I might yeah. experiment with it. I need to give it a little more time probably to to play around with it, but like the notion of not explicitly archiving things, but just letting them fall off the plate um, gives me a little anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like to experience it. I want to actually try it because yeah. I, I am a pretty rigorous inbox zero person. Like most days, I just about every day, I think I do that. So it'd be interesting to try a different take on that and just see like, do, am I cool with this? Like it just kind of streams by and don't worry about it. I get that. And this is, it's funny because the, the terminology reminded me very much of level. There's an inbox. Well, there's an inbox with an M, right? And then there's there's a feed. And the feed is the thing that's like, doesn't have explicit i don't think i don't know if it has explicit like read unread tracking it's just like things that are coming through that you don't need to manage state around so it's actually very lovely in that sense i kind of understand what the the paradigm they're getting at and so that makes sense but also like 
I mean, one of the things that I baked into level was like, no, the inbox definitely has a very explicit, like if it makes it this far, then it's going to either be sitting there kind of as a to do, or it's going to be dismissed and, and red unread tracking was not as just reading something in the level inbox didn't cause it to automatically leave. And you had the option to dismiss it so that it would, you know, like, so, you know, like it's kind of an implicit, like to do list kind of thing. I'm wondering if, you know, having an inbox in, Hey, that kind of just feels like this ever shifting, like plate of stuff where stuff just gradually falls off like that. I don't know. I wonder how the, um, the to do listy nature of an inbox will pair up with that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, that 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 state that you described for level, I actually so we've been using twist, and I actually wish twist were more like that. Because unread or read is kind of the main like, have I seen this thing? And that you can mark a thread as closed, which is the strongest, like this is done. But like if someone writes a question in a thread and I read it that question, but I don't want to respond to it just yet, all I can do is mark it as unread. And there's no like, come back to this. And it's like, that's what the come back to this is actually the thing I want. Like to me, there's a separate step of like read and then act on. And this is just kind of like, have you read it? Have you not? I actually gave this feedback and they were like, there's an add to Todoist button. And I was like, right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you want, yeah. It's like, why is my inbox not a to-do list already? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, can you make this more to do No. Oh, I, yeah, I see why. But you can shuffle it onto another to-do list. <laughs> exactly. Like, but I can yeah. already do that. That's, yeah. I have a lot of to-do options, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 um, definitely a radical, a radical new kind of innovative approach. So it's good to always see those in the world. And, uh, and totally. man, what, what do you think of their, uh, showdown with Apple? <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not informed enough to, to really yeah. dig into it. It does kind of seem like there's some capriciousness on the Apple side. Yeah. Um, or like this sort of weird selective enforcement, um so I'm, I'm i'm leaning on the hay side but i have not uh yeah formed a strong opinion yet or yeah. maybe ever will yeah no it's just interesting to watch this this drama unfold and i mean now like they've just gotten so much clout those base camp guys so as soon as he starts making noise about it he's like you know interviewed on on cnbc and uh you know the verge is writing up stuff and he's just like the amount of press is just it's impressive <laughs> that it is yeah and uh, and a great I have to say crisis marketing you know <laughs> kind right of. but although i, th- I think yeah. the people that are like oh they're doing this for the marketing value are just a hundred percent wrong oh yeah no i mean they, i think that is such a bad take it's ridiculous yeah i mean certainly like there's there's now some because it's happening they're getting some latent marketing benefit from it and exposure but yeah like no, you would have to be insane to think that like they planned this or intended to like this was not part of their marketing strategy. Right. Well, they're happy about it because now they get to make a big stink about it. No, no. I'm, I'm sure they would have just happily had their app go on the app store and now not have, to <laughs> yeah. have this fight. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Hey was going to get plenty of press without that. Yeah, this is true. And like how many more Lambos does DHH need? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like custom race cars. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right, we gonna wrap it. Uh, yeah, let's wrap it. Notes of the show. Notes of the show can be found in your podcast player or at artofproductpodcast.com. Whoa, mixing it up. Whoa. <laughs>
Have a good one. Thanks for listening. See ya.